Hey everybody, welcome to the 8th episode of Committed Critics, a pop culture podcast where we're not just committed to our opinions, but also each other. Aww. Aww. I'm Kevin Lau. I'm Ryan Davis. I am Zachary Wright. And today we have a special guest today. Uh, who are you, special guest? Hi, I'm the special guest. My name is Kyler Gebert. Woo! Nice, nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> so, Kyler, tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do? What are your what what kind of pop culture do you like? What are your your goals, your dreams, your aspirations? I am definitely into film. That's definitely probably my main um source of a lot of the pop culture that I take in. Um I am currently working on launching slash working on a uh new kind of blog style type thing for Instagram. Um, called Pop Culture Kyler. So my goal is to cover a lot of the stuff going on in the pop culture industry, um, as well as posting some reviews and some opinions on some of the things that have been going on in the industry. Um, so that's been going really well so far. And so I'm excited to continue doing that um, because that's one of the things I really enjoy doing is getting to share that opinion and hear other people's opinions as well, which is why I'm really excited to be on here and do this today. Kyler, if we want... If people wanted to follow along with your stuff at home, where would they go? Oh, if, they, if you wanted to follow along at home, um, you can head to Instagram. You can go to Pop Culture Kyler. Um, that's going to be the best place to go. And then from there, there should be links to um, some of my other work that I have done, including um, award season predictions, award season um, just informationals, uh, as well as some other reviews that I have done. Nice, 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 cool. No, so you said you do award season predictions. Um, how accurate would you say your predictions were in the last uh, Oscar season? Oh gosh, in the last season, um, last season was a little bit of a weird case because I feel uh -huh. like we kind of knew everything that was going to happen pretty much from the beginning, except for literally Best Picture was the only thing pretty well like unpredictable. But I am proud to say that I said Parasite was going to win from like November when I saw it until the night it won. Um, so nice. I'd say I did pretty good. I did not get animated feature right. I know that one for sure. Um, but I think I did pretty good on the other ones. The year before, not so much. But this last year, I did pretty good. Who won uh, animated feature last time? I, I forgot. Uh, last year was Toy Story 4. I thought Klaus was going to win because Klaus pulled out the Emmy win. Or not the Emmy oh, win, the yeah. Emmy win. And it was just so good. And I was like, dang, I really hope they give it to it. But, you know, Toy Story 4 had some beautiful animation. So I'm not going to be completely upset about it i'll take the loss i mean it's the pixar movie of the year so you know it, you it is the it pixar movie <laughs> automatic there it goes disney rules yeah. over us all <laughs> amen didn't wreck ralph 2 win best animated picture as well oh, when God. it came out it didn't that was the year that uh spider-man into the Spider oh, oh that's right it was not <laughs> on though i believe oh yeah because I, I was worried it was gonna win over spider-verse um uh, but yeah it didn't i was thankfully. so concerned as well that was the one good thing to happen from that from that year at the oscars honestly <laughs> oof green book oh don't remind me <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh yes should have been spider-verse for best for picture, best picture honestly. i would have nothing I is um, to it. i would have gladly voted i would have nothing's more chaotic than watching kyler like find out parasite won Oh my oh gosh, my that God. video is so funny. Every time I need <laughs> a little bit of serotonin. Erupted. Oh my gosh, there were like 25-ish people in my apartment. And it was like 10.30, they were about to announce it. Everyone was so quiet and the entire room just lost their minds. I literally like blacked out for a second. I was so happy. Um, <laughs> like it was amazing. It was the first time I'd ever seen like the film I wanted to win Best Picture actually win Best Picture. 
Uh-huh. So like in person, like it, it happened in 2017 when Moonlight won, but I turned my TV off when they said La La Land. So I did not see that all play out live. The most iconic thing to ever happen in Oscars history. And I missed it because I turned off the television. Like, uh, one of my biggest regrets. <laughs> out of pure anger. <laughs> I don't blame you. Oh, uh, no, it was so nice for to see Parasite win because it was, I, in my opinion, legitimately the best film of um 2019 oh i completely agree and most critics agree i think yes, as well absolutely uh, anyone who disagrees is uh is an, an interesting critic very interesting, interesting critic i would like to hear some of their other opinions and then come back to it <laughs> well you know there's that one guy that rants about joker not winning so they, you know i've heard oh that my gosh. opinion i saw that and then i also saw he did like a follow-up video where he actually finally went and watched parasite and he oh. was like, it's so good. And he like actually loved it. And I was like, okay, dang. He still thought oh, Joker should have won, but he did like Parasite. Man, character development. Truly, honestly, we'd love to see it. Better than Jokers. <laughs> D- yeah, we're going to move <laughs> oh, on from man. that. Uh, uh, you mean the fact that it had any? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. It's hard to be better when there's none to begin with. Exactly. Uh, moving on. So, Kyler, so on the show, we talk about our in- individual like experiences with pop culture over the past couple weeks. Um, since you're, you know, a special guest on the show, you haven't been on any other episode. You can just talk about anything you okay, want. Okay, awesome. Especially during pandemic Woo-hoo. season. Uh, you probably <laughs> consumed a lot. Um, but starting with me, myself personally, uh, I've been reading a lot these past couple weeks. I finished Mysterious Benedict Society. Uh, Ryan, I we can wait until you're done with Alcatraz to talk about it. Okay. Uh, I'm almost. I'm almost done with it. Cool. That's awesome. Uh, so I, after finishing Mysterious Benedict Society, I'm starting reading the second Mistborn book, Well of Ascension by Brandon Sanderson. Really enjoyed it so far, but only about like 10% into it. Um, I have been playing the... I've continued playing Full Metal Alchemist and The Fallen Angel on PS2. Uh, I think I'm about... I'm pretty close to the end, I think. It's not a very long game. I've put in seven hours according to my save file, and I think the main time to beat the game... The average time, time is... 13 hours question mark somewhere around there um i'm pretty close to the end though according to the walkthrough i con- consulted because there was one um boss fight that was like this is unbeatable and i looked it up it's like oh this is just weird you have to like do have like a weird pattern to it um that it doesn't tell you about oh well um it's it's okay uh it's not as good as you think it's gonna be but not as bad as that description will make you think it is <laughs> okay so (laughs) i'm confused exactly uh because the combat's pretty fun but it's not like you're like oh it could be better but also like but if it was more in depth it could have it could be hard to control question mark um yeah i think i'll go more into depth once i finish it uh which should be by the next episode um but so far i give it a solid three out of five um if you can find it for like 15 bucks at a used game store hey one for the collection Moving on, Ryan, what what have you been up to these past couple weeks? All right, well, I've had literally nothing to do for the past week, so um, I want to ask you guys, do you guys remember Bionicle? Yes. Oh, God. Bionicles. <laughs> oh, no. that, was the, that, was the, that was the thing, man. So if you didn't know, there was three animated movies that came out back in like the early 2000s. There were. And I I happened, they happened to pop up on my YouTube feed because apparently the whole movies, all three movies are on YouTube for no reason. So I was like, hey, I remember these movies. Let me watch them. Um, (laughs) Yeah. 
early 2000s animation and 3D animation at that. Um, it does not hold up. It, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially it's like a like low budget 3D animation from the early 2000s. Yeah, That's, these uh, weren't released in theaters. These were all direct to DVD. Oh, movies. well, that explains it. I don't know. That explains a lot. Yeah. yeah. It, which was weird because it was like it was made uh, by Miramax. Um, but I remember I watched them. I remember watching them as a kid. I thought these were nominal. But these movies, it was it, some of it's laughable. It's very laughable. The animation. They have like scenes where stuff will just move in slow motion. I think that's just because the animators couldn't. Keep up, right or something. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's like they, they they animate it like normally, but then they take the keyframes and spread them apart. <laughs> yeah, like it just like moved in slow motion for no reason. Like there's one scene where like there's a tornado going on, and then everything in the tornado that's swirling around is just moving in slow motion, like frame by frame. Oh no! And I was like, time NATO. And I was like, what am I watching right now? I was like, I don't remember this as a kid. I remember this being much more epic and i'm like well then again that was the early 2000s so chalk it up to artistic integrity i guess <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> ryan there are actually four bionicle movies wow there's a fourth one there's a fourth one uh um, what <laughs> yeah and then there's a show that was made at like based on the fourth one but i don't think i think it only lasted for like a season I did not know this. I only saw the first three because I had them on DVD when I was little until my brothers broke the DVDs. Oh, that's, Ouch. Uh, yeah, sibling life. Um, yep. But uh, I've only seen the first, third, and part of the fourth one because the fourth one came out like many years later, like early 2010s. I oh. don't know exactly. I have it right here. Um, I have it right here. Mask yeah. of Light was the first one. Yep. Mask of Light, yep. And then followed by two prequel films, Bionicle 2 which is in 2004, Bionicle 3. Bionicle 2 was a prequel? It says Mask yeah, of Light was prequels. followed by two prequel films, according to Wikipedia. Weird. Yeah, it's uh-huh. weird because one is like the ending, and then two is like the beginning, and three takes place in, begin, in between two and one. Yeah. So They just pulled a Legend of Zelda. Yeah, it's it's a weird series. And then a standalone and like, sequel, Bionicle The Legend Reborn. And, oh, yeah, 2009. I remember those Lego commercials. Bionicle The Legend Reborn. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That's <laughs> iconic. Yeah. I, after watching them, I can say the second one was probably the best one, and the first one was the worst. Interesting. Really? And three is three is just okay. I mean, like the second one, at least the story made sense. The third one was just supposed to be dark for dark purposes, but it was like yeah. the story was very rushed. And the first one was so childish and so bad that I was like, this is actually ridiculous. It ends with a soccer tournament. If that, no, not like soccer, lacrosse. It ends with a lacrosse tournament at the very end. What's wrong with lacrosse? Nothing. But <laughs> the fact that the main villain got beaten hey, by having a they, lacrosse ball thrown into his chest. That's fair. And they're bionicles. So it's like, why lacrosse? <laughs> yeah, like he just like he, they threw a lacrosse ball at his chest. He exploded. End of story. And that's the Bionicle movie. Ryan, it was set up earlier in the movie. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but still. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest, anyway. you guys. I'm not committed enough to watch. The I movies. will not be watching the Bionicle films. I'm really no. sorry, guys. Oh, okay, I, don't don't. I watched them because they were a child. Because I watched them as a child, and I realized how bad they are. But cool. That we're on the same page. You no, know. that's a fun revisit, though. Yeah. yeah. My siblings watched it like a few years ago. Uh, I've only like kind of like caught. So I don't. My memory of it is kind of hazy. But um, I remember the first one, Mask of Light. is just a very simple story, but it's very childlike. It's not as cool as it thinks it is. Um, 
I didn't see the second one, but the third one I'd also remember is like, like you said, it's dark for the purpose of being dark, but also it makes no sense at all. Yeah. Um, so there you have it, folks. Uh, yeah. Bionicle. Amazing. What a series. God. Well, the fourth movie, apparently. <laughs> you got to watch the fourth before the next episode. <laughs> yeah. And a TV show. Oh, wait. And then there's also Hero Factory, which is like sort of like Bionicles. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I've heard of that. I don't know about that one. <laughs> It was like a like thing after. I don't know quite what it is, but I, I do know what Kevin's talking about, yes. Yeah, I don't think it's directly related to Bionicles, but it was like the same style of Bionicles. It was kind of like a reboot, like a reboot to try and like get the Bionicle brand like under a new name, I think. Oh, I see it. And okay. just like most reboots, it fails. Yep. Miserably. <laughs> so, Zach, what have you been up to these past couple of weeks? I'm going to be honest. Uh, I cannot remember the last two weeks. Fair enough. Um, I, w- I woke up an hour ago. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to... I'm trying to think of what I did, any kind of media I consumed. Last night, Jordan and I watched John Mulaney's stand-up thing on Netflix, The Comeback Kid. Woohoo! That was really good. The Comeback Kid is my favorite. I highly recommend it. Um, Zach, you finished Young Justice. Oh, yes, yes Ryan. I finished the, the Young Justice cartoon. That was really good. Or caught up to it, rather. series Season three. So that was really good. I highly recommend watching that. I still need to start season three. Kyler, you will I'm like it. Out. You will like it. I'm so excited. I still need to go beyond season one. Oof. Season two is amazing. Season two is pretty like, good. Season two is where I really fell in love with it. Yeah. I, You're going to love season three. I, yes, I will that's how I am, Kyler. I like season two better than season one. Yes, yeah, same. Okay. Because there's a weird time skip. when I. Oh, yeah. I started season two. There's a weird time skip. I'm like, this is kind of weird. Yeah. Um, but I was trying to get into it. And then it got taken off Netflix. So I was like, oh. Then I got DC Universe and kind of just never got around to it. <laughs> Young Justice is a good, like, for my opinion, is a good, like, entry level. If you want to get into, like, uh, comic books or want to try to understand how comic books operate, like, it's a good entry point. Like, it's a good jumping off point because, like, yes. you're introduced to, like, a lot of characters really quick. Like, there are times I was asking Ryan, like, who's this guy? I asked him who Arrowhead is a good seven times. <laughs> and I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, who's the pink hood? And she's like, he's like, that's Arrowhead. I'm like, oh, that's right. My bad. Um. But yeah, so I mean, if you need, if you want to get into it, really research who these people are or who these characters are, like you could find really fantastic comic comic books, like from just like looking at all these characters. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. Uh, I think it's on HBO Max now too. So, uh, get sign up for HBO Max. It's DC Watch Universe right now, and then it's gonna switch over to HBO Max. Yeah, I think it's on. Oh, you're right. Maybe when this episode comes out, it's already gonna be on HBO Max. So check Maybe. when it comes out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Google it. Uh, you'll find out. Uh, Kyler, what have you been up to? Um, so I actually uh, was just talking about this a little bit earlier. Um, I actually just finished uh, watching the final season of Shit's Creek. Um, mm-hmm. It just got put on Netflix. It got put on a little bit early after it completely dominated the Emmys uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Um, and, uh, one of my friends hadn't yet to finish it up. So me and her just actually finished watching it. Um, and it was awesome. I hadn't seen it since it aired back in April. And that was essentially five years ago at this point. Um, so I was, I was (laughs) very excited to revisit it and to get to see everything play out again. Okay. One thing I didn't realize, cause I, when I, people kept talking about Shit's Creek and I thought it was a recent thing. I thought it was only like a season or two in. I didn't realize it was six seasons long. Yeah, no, no it's been yeah, out for weird, a little while. Yes, it was weird because it um, it had like four, it, they aired four seasons. And then when they were about, when they aired the fifth season, 
it ended up basically all five seasons got put on Netflix and it blew up. And then it got, a, I think it got four Emmy nominations in its fifth season. Oh, wow. So after literally being ignored by the mainstream consciousness for four seasons, for four full years, the fifth season blew up because of Netflix. And then they were ending it with their sixth season anyway. So like the ter- in terms of like pop culture consciousness, it really hasn't been around for that long, but it's been airing for a lot longer. Okay, um, that explains it. Is it an American yeah. produced show or is it uh, Canadian, UK? It is Canadian. Um, That's, so, yeah. Yes, it is created by uh, Dan Levy and Eugene Levy. Uh, they are absolute geniuses. They, it is so funny. Catherine O'Hara um, is literally probably the funniest woman alive. <laughs> Everything she does is just brilliant. It's amazing. Yeah, Canadian shows don't tend to do get much recognition in america until they're put on american netflix exactly um same thing with like kim's convenience that's also another canadian show that's starting to get a lot of traction yeah it's so good it's so (laughs) i love it so much uh anyways so we're moving on to talking about some uh a little debate that zach ryan and i put together called theaters versus streaming because during this pandemic, it's showing that a lot of theaters are just not doing well. Uh, who would have thought that would happen uh, when you're not allowed to go outside? Um, so I just want to like, we can go around the room real quick and kind of talk about like what we think about what is, why, do, if you think theaters are important, why is that, why is that important to you? And do you think streaming is the future and will it replace theaters? So I'm going to start with Zach on this one and your, what your thoughts are on that. All right. Um, I'm just going to be clear with my statement. Let theaters die. My God. <laughs> well, listen, uh, listen. we're starting off on a, on a note wow. for sure. <laughs> here's, here's what I have to, have to say. I loved going to the movie theaters with my mom and that's one of my fondest memories. We would always go see like new MCU movies, Star Wars movies. It was a fun little like, I guess mom, son, like date night we have together. It was really cute and really sweet. I love doing it, but it's just so expensive. Like having to like, I always felt bad when she'd pay for it because it, if we like going to the IMAX theater, cause we were a little, we're like, let's see on the bigger, bigger screen. I'm like, okay, if we go in the IMAX theater, it's almost $40 for the two of us. Yeah. And if we get popcorn, it's almost 50 bucks. You're pushing 50 bucks right there. Even if you go to a late night, Friday night movie, like that isn't IMAX, for example, that's still about $12 a ticket, at least at our local AMC here. So if I take like my girlfriend Jordan out on a date, that's $24. Again, popcorn, you're pushing upwards of like 30 bucks. So I mean, for me, it's more like the expense route. Like I, I, I love the feeling of the theater. I really do. But it's getting to the point where I can't justify it, like not financially, but like it just makes no sense when you can pay. I'd rather pay $30 to watch a movie in my the comfort of my own home on like if I wanted to buy like a 4K TV that could last me 10 plus years, you know, I don't know. I just find it like it's more easier. It's more convenient for me to be able to stream what I want in my own house. Now, going to like the $30 for a movie like Mulan's a bad example of that, in my opinion. Like there are other movies like I would pay $30 for mm-hmm. Mulan. Definitely not one of them. I just wasn't really hyped for it. <laughs> um, but you cannot sit me sit here and tell me like, Avengers fans wouldn't pay three dollars for Black Widow, especially if you get three of your friends or five, four of your friends to watch it with you at your house. That's five dollars a ticket, basically, if you break it down like that. Um, 
no, I love movie theaters. I love what I love the memories I have of them. I'm so fond of them, but it's just it's getting to be like not it's not sustainable for theaters to remain. And that is my five minutes on the floor. I would like to pass it off to Ryan or Kyler, who would like to go first. I'll let Kyler because I know he's the cinephile here. Oh, cool. Great. I'll go. Um, Okay. So I virtually disagree with everything Zach just said. Um, (laughs) I knew that was going to happen. I knew that was going to happen. That's (laughs) fine. I passed it off to Kyler. I think we're just very, I think right now, I I think a lot of the points you made, Zach, are incredibly valid. Um, And I agree with the point that it is, it is expensive Mm -hmm. right now. Even pre-pandemic, it was expensive to go to the movies. Yeah. Like it, especially if you, I mean, for you, you were taking Jordan out on dates. So of course you're paying for both tickets. Mm -hmm. So it's automatically more expensive for things. Um, It's, it's just, it's the way that that whole industry is set up and it's just always been kind of a mess and trying to figure that out. And that's one thing people have been saying for like years now about theaters is they're going to die out because people don't have the income to go and like afford to do that and afford to go all the time to keep it more consistent right yeah um but right now we're just we're in a very weird place um kind of like what kevin touched on earlier um theaters that are open are not making money the box office is like literally deceased right now last weekend the number two movie in the united states was hocus pocus um (laughs) hitting a literal box office peak for the first time in its career Mm -hmm. um had never gotten higher than number four before and now we're in that um it's it's we're just not in a place right now where those kind of things can exist. Right. Um, I, I'd like to think we can find a happy medium um, between where I kind of stand, and where you kind of stand, Zach. I think that there's a way that we can keep the theater experience alive and allow people who want to go out to the theater to see things in the theater who like that experience. People like me who literally go like I'll go. I was going uh, when I had my AMC A list, which I currently still do have. Um, but when I was going in its prime when like all the blockbusters and stuff were coming out, I was using that. I was going a ton and like just making it work. Cause like, that's what I do. Like I say this all the time to people, but like going to the, the theaters to see a movie is like my version of therapy. Cause I'm just sitting for like two hours in a cold room, mm-hmm. not talking to anyone and I'm just enjoying something. And so that's like my experience with it. And I love doing that. And I find myself when I'm at home watching something, it's just not the same experience for me. Yeah. But I think right now we're in an interesting window where we have seen um, these like PVOD successes like Trolls World Tour. Um, I wouldn't say Mulan is a success from that story. But, you know, we've seen a lot of those happening right. where people are willing to put down the money to do this. Um, if if you want to believe Universal's numbers on Trolls World Tour, it made $100 million on at-home sales in its first like just couple weeks. That is a huge market. That is um, insane. Like right, the yeah. first Trolls movie, I think, only opened with like 40 million in theaters. So the fact that in this first couple of weeks, it's already got 100 million. Like, that's crazy. It's wild. It's it's literally. Yeah, I think there's a lot of factors with that one, though, because it was right when quarantine was mandated. And then also people were looking for a way to, like, keep their pacify their of kids. Of course, essentially. it is a family movie. So that was the so first that... movie that's like majorly marketed. Like, hey, you can get it on digital right now. It's a new movie for your kids. And then boom, everyone went for it. So I think that one's going to be the anomaly of yes. video on demand. I, I would agree with you. I think that's going to be a case that is going to be looked at. I don't necessarily know about replicated. But one thing that I think we can find that middle ground on, Zach, is we're able to keep theaters open 
but they're gonna they're gonna shorten that window between when you can see it in theaters and when you can see it at home. I agree. So the people who really do want to go see it in the theaters are gonna go see it in the theaters, and people who want to see it at home are gonna see it at home. And I think for right now, in the course of the next like year or so, like I think that's a good plan because you know theaters might have to close down again if things get worse, possibly. Um, and it's just it's gonna be an interesting thing to watch that and see what happens. But I mean, Patty Jenkins the other day was talking about how films might end up going from, you know, having that window to just being complete day and date releases. You can watch it at home on streaming and you can watch it um, in the theater if you'd like to. But I mean, we're really not going to be able to see how all of this is going to affect whether we're going to end up streaming a lot more, whether we're going to be in the theater a lot more. We're not going to really see what's going to really make the bigger picture make sense until we get the two coasts back online theater wise, New York and LA, because that's, I mean, let's be completely honest. That's a huge reason why the box office is so dead because the two biggest movie going epicenters of the country are not operating. Yeah, no, I, I can agree with you, Kyler. There is a middle ground. I was doing the whole thing for a bit in the beginning. No, there oh, is no, I enjoy ground. I enjoyed the bit. Don't worry. And I kind <laughs> of I agree with you in a sense, because like movie theaters are disgusting and they don't get cleaned enough and they're icky. But at the same time, I would not trade that experience right. to go see something that's like huge and amazing on the big screen. Oh, no, I agree. And I feel like it just requires like a, a giant internal overhaul from distribution companies and theaters themselves because like theaters are mostly independently owned, right? Like a person owns yeah. the theater and they have to pay for the movie to be there, correct? Yes. So, I mean, like I'm sure distribution has jacked up prices or have like – consistently jacked up prices as the ticket prices increase too so i mean it's not just absolutely it's not just the theater's fault is what i'm trying to get across it's something internally with distribution companies who are wanting more money to pay their stars and pay these higher end movies off like avengers was what like cost like what 300 million to make around there yeah yeah uh, and make end game was like yeah i think infinity war as well was like 300 360 million i think it was something crazy like that I do think like, yeah, like I wonder I wonder if you'll see like premium ticket prices like, oh, Avengers movie will cost more than an indie film ticket. Like that'd be an interesting way of like not curbing this problem, but like seeing like how it would pan out. Right. In my opinion. I don't know. Uh, that would be very problematic from my perspective, at least. Yeah. And just like I'm trying to think of different ideas and solutions to like try and like figure out. To have both, to have our cake and eat it too, basically. Yeah, of course. I mean, right. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I was just gonna say, I think that there's obviously, if we look at last year, speaking of Endgame, like, there, it's that proves 100% people are still willing to go to the theaters and do this. And that was right before all this happened. So, like, I'm sure there will be an easily an audience after. It'll definitely diminish with everything. But I'm, I think theaters are going to have to start once things are okay where like it's widespread people can go to the movies again and feel safe going theaters are going to have to do and distributors like zach was saying are going to have to do a lot of work to get people back in those seats right yeah right and i i don't have much of a solution honestly um amc is trying to do um they have when you sign up for an a-list right now it's literally just five dollars for the first month so that's how they're trying to get people in right now but even right now there's not a ton of theaters open places like and what are the show times are so limited like everything is just so small it's like you could have saved this for later on down the line when everything's actually open back up and people are really going to want to go and use their time and use their money to go 
And so just so we're clear for the listeners, AMC A-List, that is the uh, membership that you get to watch movies three times a week, correct? Yes, three times a week. Yeah, so you said the first month is $5, and after that, I think it's $30 a month, correct? I believe the... It depends where you are. I believe mostly overall the price is around, I think, like $20 a month. Um, oh, wow. Me being in Florida right now, my price is like $23, $24 a month. Um, and then if you want the option of people who like travel wanted to get it when traveling is allowed again, again of course, um, I think it's like 26 or 27 a month. And that's good for like literally anywhere ever. Um, but because I'm in a state with a higher population of people who go to the movies, um, it's a little bit more expensive here for it, but it's still not bad. Um, and then, yeah. I, do you remember movie pass Kyler? Did you ever get that when it was? $10 oh my gosh. I was on day one. I was on the movie pass. Train. <laughs> oh oh yeah. my gosh. What an iconic service, honestly, dude, but rip movie pass. Uh, but moving on, Ryan, what are your thoughts on theaters and versus streaming? Like, do you want to save the theaters? Do you want them to rot? What What are your thoughts? Uh, I have a weird perspective. I'm, I guess, not the middle ground, but also you're kind the anti middle ground. ground. Like, if that's yes, just a like, thing. Okay, so my whole thing is, I do enjoy going to the theater. Uh, I usually use it to go a lot with my friends and everything, go see whatever big movies coming out. But usually, I'm more inclined to go see. I guess you would call it bl- more blockbusters. So, you know, yeah, the Marvel movies, yeah, Star Wars, but also like things like Tenet or um, I guess what would, what would you other classification? Like Interstellar, things like like movies that. Yeah, the big budget stuff. Yeah, like movies that get high, like are highly anticipated, but I don't go see any of the movies. Here's a fun thing I rarely ever go see a movie that makes it into the Best Picture nomin- like nominations. I think the only Best Picture nomination I've seen in the past, like, three years is Get Out and Knives Out. Was Knives Out? It was best not. Uh, best Screenplay. Oh, then. It was not nominated. Uh, it was nominated for Best Original Screenplay. Then I guess Get Out is the only one I've seen. I mean, Black I, I Panther. For- oh, Black Panther. I, I keep forgetting that that made it. I mean, like, that's most people. Yeah, honestly, so, that's the general I mean, public. Yeah. It's weird because I'm like, my whole thing with it is, like, I think streaming should have it for i guess more like one thing i think is easier especially seeing what happened with trolls world tour is like having more animated movies go on streaming uh because those are family like family friendly movies like those can be in theaters or on streaming but it's easier to get your family together around like you know the couch get some popcorn and watch a movie that way but i feel like a lot of movies like big blockbusters should go back to theaters because uh, one thing I did is like I rewatched Avengers Endgame recently, and I was like rewatching it on Disney Plus versus watching it in theaters. If I were to watch Endgame for the first time on a t- like my regular screen TV or even a 4K TV, I just would not feel like this was the epic thing that I was I've been waiting years for. Yeah. So I'm like I feel like some movies, some bigger movies, have to be in theaters because that's what they're made to be like that's what they're made for like it's made to be like this huge spectacle this huge like kind of thing to see on on a screen on a huge screen like with your friends or even just by yourself like just to see it versus seeing it on a small tv and being like oh well that was cool i agree right like yeah i joked i'm like oh like you're the chaotic evil no you're basically the representation of most moviegoers yeah yeah and i'm also like 
I have to force myself sometimes to, to watch a movie at home. Like, like me, I'm like, okay, I need to sit down, take two hours out of my time to watch this movie. But I'm like, if going to the theater, I'm like, at least I'm taking those two hours to go somewhere, sit in a big screen with friends or with just like, you know, general snack food. So I'm like, and plus I don't ever buy popcorn at the theater because why well, spend an arm and a leg for popcorn? I mean, yeah, no, I agree with you, Ryan. Like, I remember like whenever I was in high school, like I'd go to the movie theaters with my friends see like Marvel movies, for example, also. But like one time we watched like Guardians of My House and we all lost our attention. Like our attention spans went out the window because we were at my house and like had nothing like we were bored watching Guardians for like the third time. So, I mean, yeah, no, I, yeah. I agree. Like, I feel like you represent most moviegoers. I think people who agree that blockbusters will, I think people who agree with you will be the ones that save movie theaters in the end. Yeah, I think I, I can't like even watching movies like Logan, like that you said, Zach, losing attention span. Logan's a phenomenal movie. Lost intention span within like twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah. It's uh. So my thoughts on it was like um. It's kind of like a mix of all of you guys, where I see going to the theater to watch a movie as an extension of the viewing experience. You have the general viewing experience, which is like you can just watch it at home on your TV now. That's the most basic level of watching a movie now. Um, some may say you can just watch it on your phone now. That's the basic experience, which is uh. kind of what i've been doing lately um but i will go into more detail on that but like you said zach it's expensive to go to the movies yeah um even if you just go by yourself you know i mean i when i went by myself to movies i tried to go in the daytime uh when the tickets are like seven bucks right um i don't get popcorn right um so in the but in the way it works whereas uh uh i'm trying to think what was i about to say yes so the way it works was the movie theaters get their money to pay for all their employees and everything through the popcorn sales. Uh, but since le- less le- less and less people are buying the popcorn, they have to raise the price more so that we can still make the ends meet. And that, you know, they're shooting themselves in the foot, essentially. But what other choice do they have? And also because the ticket prices are also going up and that's most of those ticket, ticket prices, uh, they go towards back into the studios. Uh, I think only one percent of ticket sales goes into the theater and i think or maybe that's like the maximum profit they make after a while because i know it starts off really small when the on the first opening weekend but then that margin gets a little bit bigger as the movie makes less money so it's it's a weird predicament that theater mm-hmm. owners are in so but yeah and like ryan said you know there are some movies that are just meant to be seen in the theater they are these big spectacles and i think most my theory is it has to do with the audio. Um, yes. The whole, like, you have these high-definition speakers and, like, really intense sound mixing meant for the theater experience. When you watch it on TV, on your, like, your TV speakers, it doesn't sound the same. Um, and from my film school experience, it's like, you know, if a movie, like, a short film can look as good as it can, as look as good as it wants, but if it doesn't sound good, people are going to lose attention to it. Yes. They has like the sound is more important than the visuals, essentially, when it comes to crafting your own short film. Um, so I think that plays part of an issue of why we will lose attention, have a short attention span when it comes to being at home, watching movies at home. But also you're like, you're at home, you're relaxed, like you know you're not. You, this is not the one thing you have to focus on. Um, I, I'm totally fine with watching movies on my TV. 
I'm fine with watching movies on my phone. Uh, I don't, I have really bad internet at my home. So my phone data is basically the best internet speed I have. So I've, a lot of movies I've been watching lately have just been on my phone. Um, when I have watched, I, I collect a lot of physical media. So I have like a ton of DVDs. Um, but I don't have my own personal HD, a uh, high definition TV. I have a 720 uh, pixel t- uh, flat screen TV and I watched my DVDs on my PS2. So that's, you know, a lot of quality issues right there. But I still watch them. I, I, cause I just enjoy movies. I think there's, there is a healthy medium to be found between theaters and streaming. I don't think distributors are noticing that yet outside of Netflix. Because what Netflix is doing is they are releasing movies on their platform, but they are also releasing them in theaters as well. Usually local art house theaters uh, usually play indie movies. They those Netflix is putting their movies on there and they're actually helping keep those movies theaters afloat. Uh, they do that like, you know, in all the big cities like Chicago and all that stuff. Um, but moving on, do we want to talk about, uh, deep, like physical media versus digital media? Or like, do you want to expand more on like what your thoughts are on this topic? Um, so one just really quick thing you brought up like indie films as well in that discussion. Um, one thing that worries me a lot about the film industry right now is that indie films in general, like when the box office was booming and when things were going well, we're still having issues bringing an audience and getting money in. So now that it's now a struggle to get them, to get people to come to even see these blockbusters, these people that are gonna, like Ryan said, like save the theater industry, um, you know, it's gonna be even more difficult for those indie films to get an audience, which makes me worry a little bit about that industry because if they can't get any money and they can't make theater, studios are gonna be less interested in making them. And promoting them and producing them, which is going to make it just so much more difficult for not only in terms of like getting films that aren't just that main big blockbuster thing, but in terms of getting films um, that cover diverse topics and are filled with diverse casts and crew, it's going to be even more difficult for them to get made and them to get seen by a wide general audience. So I, I worry about that industry. Right. And it's already like super hard. Yeah, it's already super hard for an indie film to get funding like even before pandemic because when you fund when studios fund an indie film they are not expecting to make that money back uh so that so already they they give the indie films like a small amount of money uh bloomhouse kind of has like the best system where they kind of like it's five million dollar movies it's like here's five million for your idea make your movie um then we'll see if the profit comes back or not but so generally how the movie system works is that they make these big budget movies that gain a lot of revenue. And then they kind of split that revenue into their smaller projects. Like with Disney right now, like, you know, most of their money is coming from Pixar and Marvel and Star Wars. And they're using some of that money to make their smaller projects that most that kind of just get flown below the ra- radar. Um, but uh, yeah, but yeah, so right now, even the big, like you said, Kyla, even the big movies are not making money. So we're gonna, we're at a weird standstill right now yeah i know some big movies are still trying to go into production um batman with robert pattinson still going on uh uh, as of recording this the jurassic world 3 just kind of stopped production again due to covid uh testing positive on covid again i think that's like the third time 
they I forgot there was a it. Jurassic World 3. <laughs> uh, wild. It's almost as if... Uh, I love the irony of uh, Jurassic World getting delayed uh, because of science. I did have one other uh, kind of question about the topic. So what do you guys think of uh, drive-ins replacing theaters? Oh, yeah. All? Yes. Drive-ins are doing really good. Because I'm a big drive... Yeah, I'm a big drive-in person. Like, I go with my family every summer. So, it's, I've enjoyed it, like, for years now. So, I'm like, what is... I mean, could those be replacements to theaters at all? I love drive-ins. I love everything about drive-ins, except the intermission in the middle. Does it have... Are you talking about, like, do you have double features for yours, or is there an intermission between the actual like, movie? Like, in an intermission between the actual movie, in the middle oh. of the actual movie. Oh, we don't the drive and I go to. We it usually has two is a double feature. So it does two movies. You have the kids side and you have the adult side. So it's like the intermission is in between those two movies. It doesn't matter how long it is and it's usually like, you know, if you have to go to the bathroom, I mean, go to the bathroom. Yeah. It's like kind of like maybe, maybe my theater is doing it wrong. Yeah, I'm like I never heard of uh, intermission between the movie unless it was like, you know, made for that. <laughs> right. Uh but so yeah no like because i think the drive-in i went to in in our town it's i've seen at least one movie there i saw cars 2 for sure i can't remember what the other one was oh i think i saw monster house there as well how do you even how do you even do an intermission for that yeah but yeah, yeah but yeah, but both times like well like they you said stop, earlier they put an intermission they gotta in the get those the movie, concession money they gotta and my get family the money and i are like it. really <laughs> because in structurally when you when when you write a story and like and how movies are made the midpoint is really like the big point in the movie where things change um first half of the movie is all setting up what's going to happen set a second half of the movie is all payoff the midpoint is the one that changes the direction of the story for your characters um do all mo- movies do this no because some movies are bad uh but that doesn't mean you need to have a midpoint to be good, but gen- that's a general rule of thumb. But it's just an odd place to put the intermission where the midpoints reveal. You're like, oh man, what's going to happen next? And then boom, from intermission for like 10 minutes, I think that's how long it was. It's It, get, it totally takes you out of the movie. I don't think drive-ins will replace theaters because like Kevin said earlier, the sound design, it's all reliant on big Adobe or not Adobe, Dolby speakers, apologies. Um, it's all about the format. It's all about being close to the screen or semi close having like that, what, 8K, 16K resolution now, whatever hell a movie is. <laughs> um, uh, surprising, little fun fact, the movie theater projectors, most of them are 2K. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's more about seeing it in like a closed space, being outside. Because like, I think I went to one driving movie and it was like The Amazing Spider-Man 2. And yeah, the atmosphere was nice. It was a cool experience. It was way more of an experience, whereas the theater is like going to a theater kind of in that realm. Um, I'm not a fan of drive-ins because I want to enjoy Like if I'm going to go see a movie, I want to enjoy the quality of the movie in a theater Mm -hmm. rather than in a drive-in. Same at home. Like if I want to watch a movie, I want to enjoy the quality of it. Whereas if I'm getting it projected onto a faded white backdrop, where I can barely see the projection going on. I just don't think it's just, that's even less sustainable than a theater would be, in my opinion. I will also say you saw Amazing Spider-Man 2, which is half dubstep. Right, yeah. So oh, yeah, no, Amazing I'm Spider-Man like, 2, that's, that's an IMAX. I'm like, what's Electro I'm like, doing up the there? Sa- 
the sound on that, you have to have a theater. Right, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, did Gwen Stacy just die? Oh, she did. Oh, she's hanging. Oh, no. <laughs> he said, I can barely see. Someone's lights are on in the front row. Yeah, exactly. I will say I've had families bring entire, like, you know, like theater speaker, like theater size speakers. Like you would see them at a concert. I've seen them, we- like, drive up with those. And that's the best thing to have those. Because, like, usually my family will listen to, like, our little portable radio. But, like. When you sit next to that one family has the speakers, everyone just uses that one speaker. Those people are community leaders. Yes, commun- honestly, community leaders. You're completely correct. Um, I have been a couple times this year, actually, um, to a drive-in. Um, one thing I found really interesting um, just watching them is, like, A, the experience, everyone that's there, it's pretty much packed every day. Like, they've got people there, so they've got an audience. So it is moving. And one interesting thing that... Um, I agree with Zach overall. I don't think they're going to replace movie theaters in any type of way. But I think for right now, it's a very good resource because you see in a lot of the big cities, a lot of the bigger corporations are putting on stuff. Disney Plus is having events. Um, But also you're seeing something interesting is people are doing like these virtual concert drive-in events. Um, Like Garth Brooks, literally probably one of the biggest recording artists in the world, just did that. So it's a huge thing with that. Um, they're doing a lot of drag shows um, with RuPaul's Drag Race contestants in drive-ins. Um, so I think I don't think it's going to replace anything, but I think for right now it's a very interesting um, it's a very interesting time, and I think that drive-ins are a very interesting modification for how people are enjoying media right now. Yeah, so I mean, like I think it's just also a generational thing where like we're we're having such a huge shift in technology in the past hundred twenty years or so. Um, it's just like, it's just hard to keep up with everything that's going on. Even just, you know, Zach and I were talking about cameras before, like now they just released what a 16 K camera. Is that what they released recently? Yeah. 12. Wow. Yeah. And like movie, like, you know, and the, as far as market statistics go, most people have not, you know, moved to 4k yet. A lot of people have settled with 1080 P and that's even, and that's still like a small market compared to the people who still watch DVDs instead of Blu-rays. Yeah. So there's, we're, we're moving really fast in one direction before really figuring out how, what, what exactly we're building off of. Like the, the foundation isn't there yet to really build something more on top of it. Uh, so, you know, like theaters, like every year you hear, you see an article, theaters are going to fa- close this year. Theaters are failing. And then one movie comes in and then like kind of like win, like take wins the box office and just totally like satisfies yes. theaters for another year. Um, I think what this means is that blockbusters, bigger studios, but need to make better movies. Yeah, yeah, uh, basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're uh, right. Surprise, surprise! It's the good movies that make a ton of money, uh, that save the theaters. Um, but you know, making movies is always a gamble. Uh, there's, there's a uh, Willem Goldman who wrote Princess Bride and The President's Men. And Butch Cassidy has done that kid in his book, The Adventures of the Screen Trade. He points out, he makes a very good point, and I agree with him fully on this one, that no, like everyone in the industry has, nobody truly knows anything. And it just applies to everything, uh, to be honest. Like, no one's going to be able to ac- accurately predict the future. You can have something that will most likely work. You think, like, you look at it on paper, like, this is going to work. You make the movie, and it's a great movie. Like, oh, this is going to be great. And then, like, you release it, make zero money. Um, Scott Pilgrim versus the world is a good example of that. Yes. Very good. Where example. it just totally bombed the box office, uh, made no money back. Um, and then like years later, now we're the 10th anniversary. 
it's one of like the most watched films yeah. in America. Uh, one of the most it's talked a cult about. classic. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's making movies is always a gamble. Working in a movie theater, like owning a movie theater and running it is a gamble in itself. Everything, the whole entire entertainment industry is a gamble. Um, it's just, you know, you just kind of, you it's all about up to the audience. We're just like, I'd say educate yourself more of what's coming out. Watch trailers as they come out. See what interests you. If it's something that you're super interested in and you think would be a good experience, you know, if you have the time and the money, go ahead and watch it in theater. It's an ex- it's like, you know, it's so once you're watching a movie in a theater, like a specific movie in a theater, once in a lifetime experience, because you never know if it's going to come back to the theaters or not. It's an extension of watching a movie. And that only happens once. Absolutely. And so but, you know, you can watch it at home anytime you want. So in like, you know, if it ends up being bad, oh, well, you know that it's a gamble as, as a consumer as well but you know but like zach said we don't make enough money to properly gamble with that to, with that time and you know it's movie prices kind of skyrocketing it's crazy it's all a mess to piggyback off what you said earlier with like the 12k camera right like we're at that point where like they're shooting in 12k it's only going up in 2k in theaters right that's that com- that comparison's being drawn okay they're shooting in 12k we're only seeing it in 1080 at home so i mean like the difference between 2k and 1080 is it's there but the difference between 12k and 2k is it's like minuscule minuscule exactly yeah so i mean like you have to like you, like you said like support the content or support the movies you want to go see in the theaters that's what it comes down to if you think there's a reason you want to see Avengers in theaters, then yeah, I, I definitely agree with you, Kevin. That's a good point. Also, it's a weird that's so uh, as of recording this, Disney just announced that they're going to move Soul to Disney Plus, but it's it's kind of weird that they have the movies with the people of color as main characters going to Disney Plus, but the the you know the white yeah. led movies are being pushed to theaters still. Yeah, just you know, and you it's know, not an observation even being offered at an additional cost. It's literally free with these Which subscriptions. What they so they charge extra for Mulan, but not for Soul. Well, I think Come they be, make make. I sense, think they Disney. learned their lesson from Mulan. They're like, oh, no one bought Mulan, so I mean, we'll just release it on Disney Plus. Yeah. One, no one bought Mulan. Two, the reviews of it were saying that's awful. Right. So, yeah. You know, make a good movie. I feel like people would pay twenty dollars though. Uh, yeah. To watch Soul, like that's the same price as Trolls World Tour was, and if that made as much money as they said it did. Like, I mean, I would pay $20. I would get a couple friends, like Zach said earlier, get a couple friends, put $20 down, watch Soul. If it means it's unlocked for me to watch as many times as I want, that's the same as purchasing it. I'd it's a Pixar that. movie. Right. So, like, people will people will pay for a Pixar Absolutely. movie. A live-action Mulan, eh, it's a little up in the air. It's, Especially it's when it's, like, icy. PG-13. Why I watch live-action Mulan when there's already regular Mulan, which has the songs, has you know it's good. And also, there's not controversy between the main actor, true, actress. true, and the whole <laughs> studio, the entirety uh, of the studio. Yeah. Like, oh, I think the interesting play for Disney would be to release like Black Widow on like Disney Plus and see what happens. Yeah. for a cost, for yeah, a cost, yes, for a cost. Oh, they would definitely they have, have to. Charge. They should have done that with Mulan. Like instead of Mulan, it should have been Black Widow and see what happened. Yeah, that would change the game. It would have been a safer gamble, but I think they also would have gotten the wrong idea from that because of. It would have been like a Trolls 2 situation where it's like, oh, this is like, you know, it works, but it's only works because of the content, not because of all the marketing or anything of that. Well, then you get into like the whole contracts with like 
certain appearances have to be made in theaters, like certain actresses or actors have to made, uh, make appearances in a theater, yada, 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 before it goes to digital right. or media, stuff like, like that. Like the New Mutants? Right, how it had to be a contractual thing. Oh my gosh, New Mutants. That was, yeah. But it looks like we're running out of time. But do you have any guys have any final words you want to say? Um, no, that's I'm I'm glad we all came to a civil discussion on this. I thought this could be it was gonna go a lot more like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean funny. you want theaters to die? I thought Ryan I thought Ryan Kyler was gonna go into me. I'm like, uh oh. I'm like, uh oh. <laughs> oh my gosh, no. I cause I do understand your points and you made very good points all around. So I think it was a great discussion. I was very glad to be here. I'm happy that no one judged me for my opinions. I know, right? Wow, look at us. Character development, guys. Look at us. There's a first for everything, Ryan. <laughs> it, is in- it is interesting to hear Zach's opinion on it, too, because uh, Ryan, Kyler, and I, we're kind of like in the same generation where Zach is like a few, a couple years under that. So it's kind of weird to see that. Like, I'm a year younger than Ryan. What? I'm a year younger than Ryan. Uh, but you're like two years younger than maybe two and a half years younger than me. I think, But like the difference is there. Yes. I, I, I see the difference. Um. So, you know, not to call you a child, Zach. I'm uh, not a child. But, you know, it's not, it's it's a definitely. But if the shoe fits, Zach. <laughs> Jesus. It's an, it's a different opinion. So it's nice to see that have that little bit of a dynamic. I will here. happily represent but, Generation yeah. Z if you millennial bastards will allow me to. <laughs> uh, I will allow <laughs> Make you. Make a TikTok about it, Zach. <laughs> Kyler, where can we find your content again, just for our viewers? Oh, yes. Um, if you'd like to find more, hear more of my opinions, hear more of what I have to say, um, you can find that at uh, Pop Culture Kyler on Instagram. And there are links to some of my other work as well on that page. Awesome. Nice. And that's Kyler. That's K-Y-L-E-R. K-Y-L-E-R. Yes. Perfect. Nice. This has been the eighth episode of Committed Critics. You can follow us on Twitter at Committed Crits. That's C-O-M-M-I-T-T-E-D-C-R-I-T-S. You can listen to us on Spotify, Podbean, and YouTube on the YouTube channel, KFM Studios. Uh, The link to our Patreon is in the description, and our sound engineer is Jordan Smearman. Follow Kyler, please. He's cool. He's a really cool dude. He's my old roommate. Wait, what? I keep forgetting we lived together. I know. (laughs) For a semester. (laughs) I didn't know you guys were roommates. Wild. This has been Committed Credits, and we'll see you... Oh, actually, we'll see you guys next week because we have a bonus episode with Ryan and I talking about Doomsday Clock. Digging deep into those spoilers. And in two weeks, guys, it's our Star Wars conversation. Dun, dun, dun. The season finale. Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to (laughs) tune in for that one. Can't wait. (laughs) That's going to get violent. Yeah, it will get violent. (laughs) It will get very violent, and we'll see you in that episode. Bye-bye. Adios. Bye.